it's a process that you can go through with people and they can go through with their friends or their kids or whatever. Would you like this? And if it's a no, then somebody out there will just give it away. Give it to charity. Let it go. Does that describe you? Do you hold on to things for a really long time in your closet, in your garage, just in your home in general? I think to some extent we all do. We hold on to things that are sentimental, that have meaning to us, even if we don't even use them. However, help is on the way. What I do is I go in and actually look at what people need, what they have, how they live, and then we design it for their space and we'll maximize the use. So for example, you know, one, I'm short, two, I don't wear a lot of long dresses. So for myself, I wouldn't create a four foot space for long. You could take that, divide it in half and get double the amount of hanging space. So I do that kind of math and analysis with people and then plan a design that suits them. Welcome to Dr. D's Social Network. Today, our guest is Tracy Shadley, the owner of Organize A to Z. I had a lot of fun talking to Tracy. I think you guys will see that as we talked about a variety of topics within home organization. I know this episode will hit home literally for so many of you. I know it has for me. Hopefully you take some great tips from it and be able to organize your life a lot better and enjoy your space. Tracy Shadley. All right, back in the place to be. Yeah. Today we have with us Tracy. Tracy, is it Shadley? Shadley? Shadley, yes. Shadley, Tracy Shadley. And this is a very different podcast for me. This is the first time we're going to be talking about this particular topic. And I'm pretty pumped about it. So we'll get into it. But Tracy, thank you for being on. Thank you for having me. Well, I was very taken by what you do. And I was thinking, I was telling somebody, actually, I was telling the last person I had on, like, yeah, man, we're done with this podcast and we're moving on to Tracy Shadley next. And talking about organizing your closets and home and everything. He was like, what? I need that. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's what everybody says when they need you. I need you. I need you. I need you. <laughs> He's like, I'm terrible at that. I just, I'm like, really? I'm, well, you're going to learn. Listen to the podcast when it comes out. <laughs> like, yeah. Most people are terrible about it. It's much harder to do for yourself than to have somebody else do it for you. Explain to me why people struggle so much with organization in their house. Well, I think mostly it's because we have a hard time giving things away, giving things up, Uh, you know? Um, So whether it's for, uh, you know, emotional reasons or sentimental value, or I paid a lot of money for it or whatever it is, um, we don't like giving things away. So we just keep everything, believing it's important and some things certainly are, and other things really aren't. Um, so I think that's why, because there's an emotional attachment to things. We just, it just happens. We're human. That's what happens. So yeah. when somebody can come into your house and say with clarity, do you really need that paperweight? You know, <laughs> it, it helps put things in perspective. Why do you think we need somebody else to come into our house to tell us versus let's say somebody, you know, says, Hey man, what are you doing? Like, why do you have all this stuff? Well, I don't, what, if somebody said that to you, what would you think? If it were a friend of yours, wouldn't you just say, Hey, mind your own business or, you know, but when you're hiring a professional, um, 
there's no judgment involved there, you know, there's no connection to you personally. Um, there's also a privacy thing. A lot of people wouldn't want a friend or family member going through their stuff. Whereas if it's a complete stranger, who cares? You'll never see us again. You know? <laughs> so, um, you know, I've gone into people's closets and found amazing things and they do, you know, they're like, yeah, whatever. But you wouldn't want a friend necessarily to go in and find these things. I like how you said, I found amazing things. That was very politically correct. <laughs> yeah. Some good, some not so good. You wink, know, but, wink, 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 yeah. amazing <laughs> things. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I think that's why it's just, it's much easier to have a really a, a third person perspective that has no attachment to you and to your stuff. Right. You know, imagine like a sister or a brother. I know my sister and I used to play this game with my mom, which she just loved so much. When you die, when you die, can I have this? Or, you know, and, and we'd make a right. joke out of it. But it, there was always a little bit of seriousness there because my sister wanted some things and I wanted some things. So I wouldn't want my sister coming into my stuff. How do I know she doesn't have a, an ulterior motive for me giving something away? You know, she right. won't pick it up out of my garbage after. Who knows? <laughs> you know, it's funny. It made me think of like, this whole thing, we were, it's so ironic. So um, my next door neighbor, well, right across the cul-de-sac, a gentleman, he passed away not too long ago. And uh, so it's weird because he passed away as a very elderly gentleman, but his family lives in Canada. We, I'm right on the border of Canada, like a mile away. Mm -hmm. And so the border shut down because of COVID. And so they couldn't come over. Right. Uh, you know, so, but now they had a special exemption. He lived by himself. And I saw this uh, truck. Uh, come up like two days ago and it's called clutter cops oh wow and yeah i was like what's this and i'm all like fascinated and i guess it's just a company that they hired to like basically come into this this man's home and kind of declutter the whole thing and get it ready for selling because they're probably yeah. going to sell yeah. the house you know right that yeah you'll declutter and staging is very important when you're selling so yes. you have to get you have to get rid of all personal items and when you're selling a house, it's really important to think, okay, what should I be getting rid of? What am I actually going to bring with me? Like what's important to pack? Cause you don't want to pack everything, move it, pay to move it, do all the work. And then at the other end be like, Oh, I don't need this. Or, you I've know, done that. I've definitely done that. We've I've moved across the country. Right. And you're yeah, like, why did I bring this with me? There's no, no judgment. Cause we all do it. And we all have our different quirks. And we all hold on to different things for different reasons. And yeah, that's why it's just, it's, it's helpful to have somebody there with you. Um, you know, when it comes to offices, then people have different ways of, uh, not just offices, your home as well, of storing things. Some people like to see everything and that's what works for them. Some people do not want to see a single thing and that what, that's what works for them. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to go in and change somebody's habit if that's really what they're used to, because it's not going to work. It's not going to stick. You just have to find the way to help that person within their own habit and security and, you know, get that stuff done in a way that can be kept up because there's no point in going and helping someone and then them turning around and being, Oh, forget it. I can't do this. And just starting back from scratch. Right, right. Now, have you ever worked with anybody and you're like, there's some real problems here? Like, 
This is like a very deep issue. Yeah. Um, I've never worked with like any real hoarders like you would see on TV. That's that's a psychological issue that really takes that takes training. You can't just go in there and actually clean them up because um, they'll get physically ill. You know, you're used to this surrounding. And if yeah. you just change everything, it'll just make the, the person worse and sicker. So you need a specific type of training and there is training for that, believe it or not. Um, there's specific training for professional organizers to deal with hoarders. I so, see. yeah. So I've never gone to that extent, but I did once go into a garage, which I should have been wearing a hazmat suit. It was no. so gross. Oh yeah. It was just, I mean, they just had all their stuff piled, but they had, I don't even know what kind of rodent poop. And then, dog oh. poop all over that i mean it was gross. oh yeah there i walked in and i was like mm. yeah i gave you my five hours that's it i'm not coming back wow so yeah there are people out there who really just don't take care of things they don't take care of their home they don't take care of themselves and that's a problem but i'm not trained um to that capacity at all right so what's yeah. a typical client? What's a typical or like job that you might take on? Well, I've, I've kind of shifted from regular organizing and doing all of that decluttering stuff to really concentrating on um, redesigning space and doing closets and, um, you know, offices and that type of thing, the redesigning of space. And then I'll help people with their, you know, clutter, declutter their closet and organizing their closet if they want me to. But a typical client um, for organizing is usually somebody that just is too busy. They just are overwhelmed and they're like, okay, I need help um, either with time management or with putting in place systems to get things from A to B, you know, even bills paid. Because if, if, for example, Whoa. you don't have a, a place for your mail, then you just dump your mail down on the table. It gets piled up so things get lost. So I worked with a client who she, she literally needed me to come in every week and help her open her mail, make sure bills were paid. Um, and the goal was really to wean her off to do it herself. Okay. In this case, she was elderly. I think she liked the company. She just didn't want to do it herself. I knew that if I stopped doing it, it just, it wasn't going to happen. So I just did it weekly for her and it made her really happy and it got things done. You know, she'd have medical bills pile up or just stuff that needed to be paid and needed to be taken care of that she just wouldn't do because she put it down and forgot about it. So there's that. That's I think that's pretty typical. People just need help getting their stuff sorted or getting a process in place. For, that's a pretty good way to put it. A Would you say like a lot of people just don't have systems? Because that's kind of the thing for me where I have have given advice to people. Like if they ask me about something about being organized, I, I consider myself an extremely organized person. And I'm like, I don't, you don't have a system in place. Like you're just winging it all the time. You know, there's no structural system in place to alert you to things and get things done. Is that generally what you're seeing? Yes. And some people do. It's just, it might not be um, obvious to somebody else. Like I have a system where I don't, and, and some people are like, are you out of your mind? I do not keep anything. I delete texts. I delete emails. If it's done, it's gone. I, I cannot. Same when here. I look at, when I look, do you? 
Oh, yeah. I'm big and I want nothing yeah. in my inbox. Nothing. I exactly. want cleanliness, even electronically. Yeah. It's like there, there's that meme where there's two types of people. One has like zero nice, clean, no notifications on their phone. <laughs> and the other person has 40,000 emails. I know people and, like that. <laughs> oh, me too. I can't, I can't even look at it. It makes me crazy. I would take the time to delete every single one of those emails. <laughs> and that's just, that's my process. But is it, you know, is it a system? Not necessarily, but it's just something that I do and it keeps me organized. So I don't think everything has to be so specific as a system, as long as it works for somebody. You know, um, another thing that I do which I try and teach people to do is like create a folder. So you don't have all of this, like a um, screen, you know, a, a home screen full of, full of icons, create <laughs> a folder and then put it in a bigger folder so that you have, you know, six or seven or, but some people don't care. That's, that's what you call an everything out person. There's actually a book uh, written about the different styles of organizing. And one of them is everything out, everything out where they need to see everything. That's the person with the paper and they'll know where everything is. That's but papers all over their desk, but their piles are organized in a way where they know where everything is. So you can't tell them they're wrong. That's what works. It's just like learning styles. Everybody has different learning styles. Some people yeah, learn when yeah. they write. Some people learn when they read. Some people learn when they do. So you can't change that about a person. You just have to find systems and ways to help make it easier for them to function. Um, in our world, time management is a huge problem because everybody's running, especially if you have kids and kids' activities, you know, you're running from work and back and carpool and this and that and lunches and dinner. And, and so finding time um, to get things done sometimes is, is difficult. And that's, that's something I've run into a lot. Man, you're, you're going to be speaking to a lot of people who are like, man, this is my life. <laughs> this is totally <laughs> my life. They're like, what you am know? I doing? I get nervous when I see a bunch of papers on a desk and stuff. I get all itchy. And Me sweaty, too. I'm like, I can't see this, man. But but do I think is that an extreme behavior I have, or like I I organize all my apps into all these little bubbles to make sure they're and I label them. These are travel apps. These are productivity, financial apps. Like, is that an extreme behavior? I mean, no, that's a nothing out. So there's everything out. Nothing and you're out. A, you're a nothing out. Yeah, where you where yeah, you you like to put everything away, but you know where everything is. You know where to find it when you need it. So that's just a different form of, of organizing. So yeah, there's a great book and um, I don't, I, I don't have the name of it off the top of my head. Um, and it's very funny because the woman who wrote this book actually lives in the little town where I live. And oh, nice. yeah, so she, you know, we met um, virtually and, and she, uh, I read her book and she's lovely. She was one of the first professional organizers around. She, she was on the Today Show way back when, and she wrote this book about the different styles of organizing. So, wow. and it, you know, it works for, if, if you take it into the closet situation, it's the same thing. Some people want their stuff, they'll just leave stuff on the floor because they know where it is. And it's in that pile somewhere oh and that's great. And other people will no, nothing can be on the ground. I don't want to see a single thing on the ground. Some people organize by color. Some people organize by season. None of them are wrong. 
there's a, you know, there's a plus and minus to all of it. So yeah, it's a, it's a fun, it's a fun thing to do with people for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it sounds fun for you. You seem to really enjoy it. I'm telling you, if I saw, I see my daughter's clothes on the ground, it drives me nuts. It drives me insane. And I'm always telling her to pick them up. And the funny thing is, is, you know, she's like nine, you know, and I'm trying to like, I don't want her to be a messy person. That's like a big fear of mine. It should be like a disgusting, messy person. And <laughs> she gets older and I have this dream of like going to see her when she's an adult. And it's just like a mess. I'm like, no, right. I don't want to see this. <laughs> you know. Well, there's a difference between messy and disorganized. That's for sure. Cause you can be, you can still be disorganized and be very like clean. You can have nice folded piles on the floor and some people would say that's messy and other people would be like, well, no, I know where they are. That's just how I organize Folded piles on the floor. You see that? Yeah. Oh, sure. If people don't have shelves or if the shelves too high, they'll, oh, yeah, okay. they'll pile jeans on the floor or, you know, um, they'll pile sweaters or sweatshirts, not like nicer stuff, but you know, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've seen pretty much everything that you can think oh. of. Wow. Yeah. Have you ever been surprised, besides the whole garage thing, have you been surprised with people's closets where you're like, wow, this is going to be a tremendous amount of time to do this? Um, no, because closet, I mean, well, yes, I've been surprised at how much stuff people can shove in a tiny little space. Like <laughs> that has, I mean, I remember going to one woman's house where I couldn't even get the hanger off the rod. It was exercise. Like it was definitely like weight training just to move the clothes aside to get the stuff off the hangers. But once you, um, once you get everything out and when I tell somebody to organize their closet, I say, or any space, really, you take everything out of it. And I know that sounds extreme, but you really do. And then you're going to look at the stuff, let's say piled on the bed or piled on the floor and go, oh my God, who needs all this stuff? Because we have way more, we all have way more than we need. And that's a wonderful privilege. So I always say, if you're not wearing it, if you're not using it, if you really don't like it, somebody else will love it. Just give it away. There's no reason right. to keep it. You know, right. the, I've seen people who have wedding dresses, you know, the big poofy, like yeah. wedding dresses that take up three feet of space. And I was like, when did you get married? Oh, 10 years ago. Well, you do not need <laughs> you do not need this dress in your closet, you know, or put it in a box if you want to keep it, put it on a shelf or sell it or take a picture. You got plenty of, you know, somebody else would love it. So maybe not 10 years later, styles change, but, you know, people, re, <laughs> they, they repurpose and reuse. Um, so I've been surprised with things like that, really just how much stuff everybody has. And we all, again, that's no judgment. We, I do too. I have way more. I, I try to purge my closet at least once a month. And I try to follow that rule. If I buy something new, I get rid of something else. And I just, I give it away. You know? Yeah. And oh, I admit, I'll give my friends first crack at it and say, do you want something? If not, it's going to a shelter. It's going somewhere else. So, oh, yeah. That's pretty awesome. How'd you get into this? What was the motivation? You know? Well, I'm, I'm from Montreal and, um, I worked for California closets in Montreal for God, just under 20 years. And 
then I decided I wanted to move to Sedona, Arizona, where I live now. And um, in order to do that and get a visa, I needed to create a business. So I was like, well, this is what I know. So I'm going to create a closet business and then I'm going to add on professional organizing um, just to make, you know, when I made my business plan, just to make it a more um, chunky business, you know, and that's how I got into it. I moved here. I got my visa. I moved here and I started doing it. And then I've, I've dropped off the organizing um, and just started to concentrate on the closets and the designing part of it. Now, so, is this mainly in Sedona that you're doing this or is it other places? Sedona and surrounding areas. So I go to Flagstaff and Cottonwood and okay. you know what we call the Verde Valley. Yeah. It's a I'm small... very familiar with Sedona. I <laughs> love Sedona. I've been yeah. there so many times. It's yeah. unbelievable, man. It's beautiful. Next time you come, look me up. It's yeah. Oh, it's of course. Great, it's a great, great city, and um, we're town. It's a city, but it's really a town, and uh, yeah. And we've got uh, you wouldn't believe how many tourists we have coming here. Still, it's packed. Really? Oh yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's a getaway, you know. It's kind of mm -hmm. like. I love that drive there. So I used to live in Las Vegas for a long time and it was a nice drive just to get there. And then I just remember that drive going down, down into that kind of Valley and you pop out right into that main drag. Um, yeah. and you know, all the stores and all this stuff. And, uh, and yep. I was like, wow, this is like a place is like, this is a different place. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah. It's oh, especially from Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, and, uh, and then, you know, it's weird. It's different. It's very out there kind of, you know? Yep. Yep. It's definitely out there. And I, you know, it's, it's people are like, why Sedona? Why Sedona? When I went for my visa application, actually, um, my interview, he asked me three questions. And the first one was why Sedona? And I was like, uh oh, I'm in trouble. Like, I don't know. It's such a small town. It's not, it's really not conducive to going and starting a business, yeah. you know, a big business. So I just said, have you ever been to Sedona? And I was lucky. He said, yes. And I was like, well, that's your answer. And I guess he Ooh. liked my answer because, yeah, he asked me two more questions and stamped my thing. I'm like, oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> it's happening. Yeah. So I started off doing, um, you know, organizing for people and working with realtors and doing decluttering and staging for um, when people were selling their homes, then, you know, if people were moving, I was, I was helping pack and declutter and um, all kinds of stuff like that. It's just, it's, it's very, it's time consuming. And it does, especially if you're an empathic person, it can suck the life out of you because you're taking on everybody's stuff and you're taking on the emotion that they're putting out when, when, you're asking them or suggesting that they give away things. So it's a, it's a very, it's a tough job in that sense. You have to kind of have your guards up kind of like a, a massage therapist, you know, takes on people's energy when they work mm -hmm. on them. It's the same idea in a different form, but you do take on their stuff. And sometimes it's easy breezy and sometimes not so much. So do you, do you feel like, other times where it's difficult to work, not the job necessarily, but just like some of the people are difficult to work with because they have such attachments to their things. Oh yes, absolutely. And, and then you can't help them. So 
you know, and it's the same thing when I design a closet and I go in and they've already kind of had it. I mean, it might not be the best design, but well, what, what would you like me to do? Well, I want more space, but that's physically impossible to give you more space, but no, they want more space. There has to, there has to be a way to do it. So if somebody's not on the same page or not open to listening to you as a professional, you've got, you know, you're just going to hit a brick wall. And I've done that with people and you just kind of have to give up and say, okay, well, we're not going to be able to do much if you aren't going to make any changes. Like you have to, you know, give a little to be able to change or you're doing nothing. So... (laughs) Yeah. You know, and people don't get it. So they want miracles sometimes. And sometimes you just can't can't give them a miracle. You can give them the best you can give them. And, you know, they want champagne and you're like, this isn't a champagne closet here. Uh, You know, we're working with Tupac Chuck, man, you know. (laughs) Exactly. Or if you're really just not willing to let go of a single piece of clothing, there's nothing I can do for you. Really? A single piece of clothing? There are some people that just absolutely will have a reason that they have to keep everything. It's amazing. I mean, even if it has a rip, I mean, it should be very, if it has a rip, oh, no, 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 I'm going to get it fixed. (laughs) But but you haven't gotten it fixed. No, you didn't get it fixed. Yeah, you haven't gotten it fixed in how long? It's just been sitting in your fix pile. Well, go. that's great. If you're going to do it, go and get your stuff fixed. Do that. That's your next step. But they won't do that either. So then you're out of you're you're out of places to go. You know, and you can't hold people's hands and make them do it. That's what I did with that client. Going back to that one client that I opened yeah. the mail, I literally would have to go and do things for her. Like I will go and take this to the seamstress and have this stuff fixed, and I will go and do this. But you can't do that for everybody. It's just not possible. Um, you know, she kind of adopted me when I, I when I was here. I called her my Jewish mom because yeah. she wanted to take care of me like my mom. And um, I, I mean, she was the sweetest woman. She'd feed me and, you know, always like, are you hungry? <laughs> do you want this? Nice. Do you want that? She'd take me for dinner. So I would go out of my way to do extra stuff for her. Um, but you can't do that for every client. And, and really in order for anybody to change any habit, they have to start doing things for themselves. So strange. Harsh, but Yeah. <laughs> but it's strange how like you could take designing closets, decluttering, and you can take kind of the psychology of that and put it into other meaningful things in life as well. They're kind of like a microcosm for other aspects of society. You know, well, I never really thought of that. Huh. You learn stuff when you come on here. Okay. That's how it yeah. works. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm hearing. Like you're telling me this and I'm like, man, this is like, this is like life designing closets, redesigning, decluttering. This is life. This is the letting go of and taking in of things in your life and how we deal with loss and pain and, and the joy of new things that we purchase and the highs and of that and the lows of losing things. It's what it feels like. I just, I just wrote a blog about, um, shopping about stress shopping because i don't know i know during stress the pandemic shopping. yeah i i was buying everything i mean <laughs> I was, i'm and i finally sat and was like what am i doing and i wrote a blog about it and what got me was my camp that i went to as a teenager 
came out with a 50th anniversary t-shirt. And I was like, well, I have to have that t-shirt. Do I have, you know, I, started, like, <laughs> I have to have, do I, do I have to have my t-shirt? And, you know, so I went through this whole, and, and I do this for a living and I still went through the whole thing. Nope. I have to have the t-shirt. And I bought the t-shirt and it made me really happy. And I was like, great. But then the happiness is over. Like, you know, you buy something and you think it's going to fill whatever need or void or, and you have the anticipation of, Oh, I'm going to get my package in two days. And then you get the package and then the high just dies. It's like, all right, well (laughs) now what? So you need, it's like a drug. You need to do it again and again and again. And when you're stuck at home with nothing else to do, I got a lot of people saying, Oh my God, I, this, I totally get it. Like I felt this. I felt my, felt it in my soul that you were talking about. Oh, and then my friend, telling you, man. My friend from camp was like, I bought it too. Wow. <laughs> she, bought a, she bought a t-shirt too. And I mean, you just we are addicted to things as humans. And I think the, as the generations uh, you know pass, we're well, if we go back to people who survived the depression, they will not get rid of anything. That's yeah. where you really find your hoarding. And that's out of fear, not, to, not, mm. not um, hoarding, hoarding where, you know, you've got piles and piles of newspaper, yeah. but people who need, they don't buy one of things. They buy 10 um, just because, you know, because they're worried about not having it. And that makes perfect sense. That's why the people were hoarding the toilet paper over the pandemic out of fear of not having it. And so you have that generation and then as the generations now we're so much more entitled and privileged. We just, you know, click a button and we can have something at our door the next day. Yeah. So we're not as good as getting rid of things. We're very good at accumulating them, but not at getting rid of them. So that's interesting. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens as generations, you know, go on to see what happens. What a good point. I mean, thinking, I never thought about the actual kind of demographics of buying and like generationally and, and how we are now with, um, you know, uh, e-commerce and it is, they're making it easier, like an Amazon, they're making it easier and easier to buy stuff. Oh yeah. And then it's like, you don't even have to think about it. And then it was kind of funny. Then I've had some people, they're like, the worst is drunk uh, retail ordering. And it's like, you get drunk and you order all this stuff and it comes to your house. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, yeah, so many people drunk shop and they they just, like, what did I order yesterday? What was that? Yeah, I, I just, I, I didn't know this was a thing. And then a buddy of mine was telling me about it. I was like, I never had that thought before, honestly. Like, they're like, yeah, people do it. They drunk shop and, and they stuff shows up and they're like, I didn't get this. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Wow. So, yeah. So I've been, you know, I even said today, I, I, I bought this, I bought that. It's like, oh, it's starting again. I've got it. <laughs> it's starting again. Finally, <laughs> I don't need to buy anything. Like I'm not lacking anything. So we just have, it's an, like an emotional fulfillment to buy something and receive it. I guess. You get excited, right? It's kind of like yeah. this high that you get yeah. when something gets delivered to your door. I mean, I feel that too. And I'm like, I really want something and I order it on Amazon or something. And then yeah. when 
the person delivers it or it text texts me and says your delivery is here, I get so excited. It could be of nothing. Course. It could be like anything. Yeah. Of course. It's just, it's, it's, it's accumulation. That's, we just love to have stuff. And so I think an easy guideline would be like, especially when it comes to clothing, if you buy something new, just get rid of something else. You know, if something has a hole in it, fix it. If you're really going to wear it, fix it or give it away. I mean, unless it's really in bad shape, then just throw it out. You know, you know, you don't need to give because you're donating. You don't need to give crappy stuff. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Yeah. And one of the biggest things is when people spend money on something, I spent good money on it. Great. But you're not wearing it. It's just sitting there. So why wouldn't you give it to somebody who would wear it? And there's that. And then when things don't fit, but you really like it, you know, do you have something like that where you, you really love it? Like on the hanger, like, Oh my God, I love that shirt, but you put it on and you're like, Ugh, no, the color washes me out or it itches or it doesn't flatter you, but you love it on the hanger. That's not a reason to keep it. You're not wearing it. Give it to somebody who will. You like just the, blew my mind. Right. I never heard of that. <laughs> What, that people keep things that they don't wear just because they look at it on the hanger. Oh, Oh, come on. I bet you, I bet you women out there are listening. They probably have at least one pair of shoes that kills their feet, but they're Mm. gorgeous shoes and they love looking at them and they keep them in their closet just because of that. Wow. Absolutely. And there's no reason to keep something that hurts your feet. Why do you want, what, what? (laughs) Why? Or, or makes you itch, you know, a beautiful sweater and you put it on and you, you try again like that. And I'm guilty of this too. So again, there's no judgment out there. Yeah. I do it where I bought this. I have an example and I just, just gave it away. I bought a dress and I, I, it was a white dress with red stripes on it. And it was so cute when I saw it and I tried it on and I don't know what I was thinking. Cause the next time I put it on, I was like, what were you thinking when you bought this? But on the hanger, oh, but it's so cute. And oh, I'll wear it around the house. It took me six months to be like, I am never wearing this dress. Give it away. But it just, you know, it it was cute. It looked cute the first time, but it might not look cute the second time. Or you have something that itches and then, okay, no, next time I'm going to put a long sleeve under it. You put a long sleeve under it and it still itches. You know, okay, next time I'm going to do this. And you put it on again and it still itches. Get rid of it. <laughs> there's nothing Man. yeah you gotta be brutal a lot of mental gymnastics going on here to keep something I mean, so. <laughs> well if you keep the only reason to keep something is because you love it and you wear it period that's the only reason to keep something it's good advice that's yeah definitely good advice this is you know what this most of my audience actually is uh women so mm-hmm. um i think if you know, people are going to respond. And I, honestly, I had no clue somebody would just look at something on a hanger. I want to keep it because it looks good on the hanger. I'm like, what? What? You said that? I, like, my mind was exploding. I was like, what? Okay, what about this? What about the, and again, I, I think men do this less than women, but, okay. you know, we've got this dress or our, the perfect pair of jeans. We can't fit into them. And we know that after a certain age, we will not be able to fit into them. 
but those genes are going nowhere. We will look at them and we will just say, one day I'm going to fit into them and believe in all our hearts, one day we're going to fit into them. Never going to happen, but we won't get rid of the genes. Same thing with dresses. You know, that, oh, that dress looked so good on me. I can't do the zipper up now, but you know what? One day I will. And you try it on every once in a while. You still can't do the zipper up. And four years later, if you still can't do the zipper up, I, it's time to get rid of the dress. So it's wow. just, I mean, it is, it's, you know, there's a little ego involved in that. There's a little hope involved in that. But we all know that as we get older, our bodies are going to change and they will likely not go back to wearing the low-waisted jeans. You know, it's true. It's true. <laughs> so you, you've got to be brutal sometimes and just be like, okay, it's not happening. I'm not wearing it and it's time. Give it to somebody who will. Tracy's oh. brutal truth is yeah. coming through. She's like, listen, you've been wiggling around on that bed trying to get them jeans on. <laughs> exactly. You're too old to be lying on the floor trying to do up your zipper. <laughs> yeah. I love it when I see when I see one of my friends wearing a piece of clothing I gave them. I love it. It makes me really happy because, and I'll be like, oh, I love that. But I never wore it, you know, so you ha I still have that little tinge of regret. Because we're human. That's just the way we're going to think. Yeah. But yeah, they're happy. They're wearing it. looks good on them. Then that just makes me happy. That's amazing. <laughs> wow. I mean, this is a lot. Honestly, I had no idea what, like how this was going to go. I never know. Like when I get into these things, like when I contacted you, I was like, yeah, I feel like this is a topic that a lot of people will be, it's universal on some level, you know? It is. Yes. And I'll, now we're going to talk about it. I always learn so much from these conversations about things that I, you know, somebody that does this for a living, I'm like, I got to know what's the deal here. You know, like, yeah. And, and some people, yeah, some people it's so obvious for, and other people it's just not, they just don't have this, that, that gene. And it's just like anything else. Some of us are artists. Some of us are spatially. Yeah. I laugh. My sister is so not spatially inclined that I mean, we're so different that way that she could never design a closet. She it just she just wouldn't get it. And you know, there's a million things that she can do that I can't do. And it's just one of those things that some it comes naturally or, or it doesn't. And you have to if it doesn't, then you just reach out for help. There's I wrote a very simple book on closet organizing where it's I mean, just from talking to me, you could see I'm very matter of fact. And mm -hmm. that's exactly how the book is. It's, um, it's written like a, like a, like a children's book. And that's how simple it is. Like a children's book to clean your, to organize your closet. Wow. And, and that was fun for me. Cause I didn't want, I don't like it when people lecture me and take, you know, five pages to say three words or, you know, three points. Yeah, you want to be efficient, right? Yeah. yeah, be efficient. Come on, I got things to do. We're busy. You gotta, you gotta go buy some more stuff. I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, don't don't add to my schedule reading a book. Who has time to read a book? Who has time um, to read? Come on. <laughs> like, yeah. So that so I did it in a very very like quick easy way to help everybody organize. So Ooh. tell me a little bit about like you know like continuing education or education in general for this. I mean, are you You've been going to conferences, or how do you keep up with the business of this? Well, you know, it's really the business is 
the closet business itself, um, styles change a little bit, but you know, the practicality for me is what really matters. So even though, you know, there's these fancy European looking closets now that where, I don't know if you could visualize it, but the lines are really more horizontal than vertical. So there's no side panels, there's no adjustability. Um, and that's great. And I could do it, but that's not what I, I'm going to use the word sell, what I sell people because it's not the most practical thing. So unless they're really into the aesthetic and that's all that matters, I try and teach the client what's going to work best. And that's always things that can adapt to you and your lifestyle. So if, if I design a closet for somebody, especially let's say it's a child's closet, you can adjust it for the child when they're four and then when they're a teenager by changing heights and changing pole heights and changing drawers and baskets and all of that um, for changing needs. So when you're just dealing with aesthetic, that can't always happen. So um, I keep up with the aesthetic through, you know, mostly magazines and stuff. I don't go, there isn't really a, a conference for this type of thing, the design thing. You could go to home shows and stuff, but there's not much around here. And I work with a kitchen cabinet company. So I have carte blanche. I mean, I could find, I use any type of wood I want. I can get crown moldings and molded doors and I could do all of that stuff or stay modern. So it's really, I listen to my client and what they want. And um, that's really how I go about my business. Um, as far as organizing, there's there's a professional organizers conference every year. I haven't actually gone yet, but I did just apply to teach closet design at one of them. So I'm hoping that that happens because that's, you know, a lot of professional organizers can be doing closet design as part of their business. So I'm trying to encourage that. I can't even imagine like, you know, it's funny when I lived in Las Vegas, it was just like the Mecca of like conventions at the Las Vegas convention center. And I remember one time, I, you know, there's a lot of fitness conventions there in my business. Mm -hmm. So I was going to one and these buildings are so big that they have multiple gigantic conventions in the mm -hmm. same. And I was walking by past the fitness one and I was like, what is this? And it was some like woodworking convention. I'm telling you, it was the biggest thing I've ever seen in my life. And I'm like, really? <laughs> like, Oh, yeah. They, I, have, they have kitchen and bath convention there, too. Yeah. 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 I did go to that once. And, you know, I mean, it's the same stuff over and over. It's just a diff million different people uh, offering it, offering, you know, different toilet or different cabinet color or. But when you have somebody who can get any type of wood and stain it any color you want. You don't really have to go like I have everything made to measure. So I don't use any prefab cabinets. So when you have that, um, yeah, it's kind of easy breezy. Wow. I tell you, this is chock full of information today and hilarious. Some of these things I tell you, <laughs> I, I was like, what, what are we talking about here? I didn't, I haven't heard of half this stuff. <laughs> like, <laughs> It's really, Amazing. I mean, closets are often a woman's territory. You know, 90% of the time when I go into a closet, she is taking up using a lot more than he is. Um, and she will be the decision maker. And <laughs> there was once in Montreal where I went to somebody's house and he had um, 
over a hundred pairs of shoes he had. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. And that is unusual. That is very unusual. And he had to have all of them off the floor. And I don't know. I mean, they were all over the house because what are you going to do? You can't put one, a hundred pairs of shoes in one tiny little closet. So there's been challenging things like that, but that's the only time I've ever seen a man have more clothing than a woman. Wow. Yeah. The guys have like this tiny little side section in the closet. Yeah. <laughs> usually, <laughs> yeah, usually if it's a three, if it's a three wall walk-in, she'll have two and he'll have one. <laughs> that's, that's pretty normal. Yeah. And she'll get to choose what it looks like, you know, the color and all of that. Usually not always, but yeah. Right. Nine, kind of normally. Of right. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. the majority I would say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow. Exactly. Well, this is awesome. This is like really informational, a peek inside people's closets and Thank your you. experience with that. Thank you so much for spending time with me. I really appreciate it. My absolute pleasure. And uh, I look forward to getting some feedback about this because I think this is really going to resonate with a lot of people. And um, I'm sure I'll be, people are always texting me about like, Man, I heard about that in that in that episode. That was crazy. It was this is my life, you know, type of thing. Well, I'm happy to answer people's questions. You could send them my way, no problem. Awesome. Any place where you know you'd like people to find you or anything like that? Well, they can go to my website, which is organizeatoz.com, um, and contact me through there. Uh, that's the easiest way, and uh, or Google my name, and it all pops up. Boom. And you'll hear on this. So you're going to hear a lot of stuff going on. So thank you again, Tracy, and have a good rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. So let me ask you something. How do you get your news? Because I know you want to stay informed with what's going on here in the world. There's so much going on on a regular basis. And it's something that's been a problem for me personally. And I've been searching and searching and searching. And finally, I found a news source that I think all of my listeners are going to love. It's called The Donut, or The Dose of News Useful Today. The founder and CEO, Peter Nowak, is a good friend of mine, and when he turned me on to it, I was just blown away. Finally, a daily news source that delivers succinct and factual news about all the world's occurrences, and it's an easy access to finding things that you just want to get information about. And it also serves up a lot of positive news stories that you won't hear anywhere else. It's your daily reminder that there is good in the world, even if it doesn't feel like it sometimes. So get the donut, stay informed. It's 100% free. You can unsubscribe anytime. Visit thedonut.co or text donut to 66866 to sign up today. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dr. D's Social Network. Make sure you listen to future episodes. Also, please make sure to rate and review My Dad's Show on Apple Podcasts in the Rate and Review section. Thanks, everyone.